Moving my head? Yeah. I'm laying it off? Love that too. I'm pronating? When you're not supinating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Well, we're waiting. What's up, golf fans, and welcome back to another episode of Fairways and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and I hope that everyone's new year, 2024, it's hard to believe, is off to a great start. Welcome back to Fairways and Dreams. For those of you that may just be joining us for the very first time, you're going to hear two types of shows here on this podcast. You'll hear the Fairways and Dreams podcast, which is when it's just me talking about the latest and greatest in golf or whatever comes across my mind. Or you might hear a two-man scramble, which is where I have guests on the show, uh, yet to have a two, uh, a three person, uh, or more, uh, meaning guests on the show. So we'll have to address the name when we get to that point, but still, uh, hopefully you checked out my last two man scramble, which was when my dad was on the podcast. I it turned out great. Really loved getting his insights on the game of golf and things like that. It was a lot of fun. If you missed it, you can go back and check back all, check all of our podcasts. None of them are super time sensitive. Therefore you can go back and listen and enjoy all of those podcasts. Make sure if you do enjoy the podcast, to do me a favor, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that I ask is that you give us a five-star rating so you can rate us on Spotify. You can go down and rate us on Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, leave us a good comment. Would really appreciate it. I'll read any new comments that I get here live on the podcast. So we do appreciate all everyone that's out there helping us grow as we start this thing from scratch. So let's talk about the holidays. The holidays came and went. Just like a breeze, it seems like it's just gone. You, you wait with anticipation. I've always loved the holidays. It's one of my favorite times of year. And then just like that, it's gone. It is gone. And so this was a very Christmas golf. Or this is a very golf Christmas, I should call it, uh, for my family and myself. For myself, haven't gotten a ton of golf stuff this year, and that's okay. Typically, I'll get what I need on my own. Uh, but got a brand new 56 degree wedge, Cleveland wedge that uh, my parents got me was really excited for that. They also got me a brand new Under Armour golf shirt. So for me, I was pretty happy uh, for the kids, man, my kids really, they, they made out. So my son, Will, he just got a brand new set of clubs. He had outgrown his junior set. His bag was broken uh, because he left it behind my car one day and I backed over it. So the, the stand of the leg, the, one of the legs of the, of the bag broke. So he got a brand new bag, brand new set of golf clubs. They are going to take some adjustment for him because he's coming from the junior set, moving to a full set of clubs. Uh, we're going to have to work on our game there, but the, he he was really, really excited for that. Uh, my oldest daughter, she got a brand new golf bag. My younger daughter, my middle, my middle child, so to speak, uh, she got a new golf bag because her golf bag, her clubs still fit her fine. It literally broke at the end of the season, just ripped. And so uh, they were really excited. They were really, really happy to get those gifts. They're really excited to get out there on the golf course. So anything that gets them excited gets me excited as well. And even the little girls, they got some uh, golf gloves and stuff like that. So they were excited as well. But it was a very golf Christmas in the Hartman household. And that makes everyone, they puts a smile on their face. We'll put it that way. Now, in terms of news, there was a lot of news surrounding the PGA Tour uh, over the holidays and towards the end of the calendar year. The biggest news was that the PGA and the PIF, uh, we all know the PIF, that's the Saudi-backed group that 
created live golf and has opened up the checkbook and brought in all these golfers and, and things like that, their negotiations and trying to find a deal have been pushed back. A lot of people saw this as a negative. They saw it as an, a deal's not going to get done. Everything that I've read from reputable sources state that it's not necessarily the case. They are hoping to have a deal done by the players championship. If not the players, almost uh, a last case scenario, worst case scenario, I should say would be by the masters, which is in April. What is that going to look like? We'll see. I know that Phil Mickelson, who shockingly rarely says anything positive about the PGA tour. He burned a lot of bridges when he went to live. He was very optimistic that a deal is going to get done and that the golf fan is going to love if a deal gets done based on the fact that they will have more of those high profile events with golfers that maybe went to live being able to play in those events. We'll see if this comes to fruition, but the PIF is not the only group that is looking to merge or create with this PGA tour enterprises. There's other groups that are uh, looking to invest. The PGA tour enterprises is not going to only take one. Uh, they very well could join a much larger conglomerate, all of them pouring money into the PGA tour. That's going to be good for golf in the future of the PGA Tour. But what that looks like in terms of these other entities having a minority share of the PGA Tour is going to be interesting. And if for those of you that love to watch golf, the 2024 season kicks off today, Thursday, in Hawaii. So if you want to check out that, it's an expanded field. So maybe you'll, uh, may, hey, maybe you like to gamble on these golf events. Uh, it is tough. It is really, really tough. Stick around to the very end of this podcast where I'll give you um, my bet of the week for the PGA tour. I do a betting podcast, right? I, and so this is only one of the podcasts that I do. One of my gambling podcasts is called Pez's picks. I don't make those picks. Pez does. He's a really good gambler with football and he does bet on golf every now and then he said that golf is really, really difficult, but a lot of times the sports books will actually give you some ways to, increase the probability of you winning the bet. So like I said, stay till the very end of this show. I'll get you what what bet I would make for this upcoming weekend down in Hawaii. The one thing that I wanted to talk about, and in, in maybe the one person I should say that I wanted to talk about in this podcast, is Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy. And I, I have to be honest, I've never been a fan. I've never been a fan. And a lot of that comes down to the Ryder Cup. I am very much a pro United States Ryder Cup supporter. I have respect for the European players, but I've I've always rooted against those players. And a lot of times me rooting against the Europeans bleeds into how I view them on the PGA Tour. Rory also has been a kind of guy that there are times where he seems very whiny. Uh he he just he complains a lot. And for someone that I let's be honest, I mean he's won a lot of he's won some majors. But for someone that was touted as the next Tiger, he's definitely not lived up to the hype. He is a big name in golf. He remains a big name in golf. But the one thing about this that really irks me, and what I'm going to talk about today are his recent comments about not just the, the PIF, but Live Golf. And he is, boy, the backpedaling is real with Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy, in my opinion, has put his foot in his mouth on more than one occasion, and now he's trying to remove it. And there are some fans out there that are like, hey, respect, you know, I get it. Not me, not me. 
and this is a this is a stance I'll take, and you don't have to agree with me, and that's fine. But when you talk about what Rory McIlroy said when the PIF and PGA said that they were going to start these negotiations that I mentioned just got pushed back into 2024. When you think about what he said when Live Golf became a thing, when you think about what he said when John Rahm, you know, leaving, uh, it, it's just, it, you could even talk about how he stepped down from that committee that was on the PGA Tour. Nothing about Rory McIlroy, to me, screams leader. None of it. Everything to me screams he's very wishy-washy. He's going to stand. He's going to try to stand on both sides of the fence. Now, in this case, if you are a leader, you can't straddle that line. You have to pick a side one or the other. But when you had all these different things happening, Live Golf becomes a thing, John Rom leaves, other big-name players jettison the PGA Tour and take the money with Live Golf, to me, it's brought out the quote-unquote best in some of these people. And when I say the best, I I basically mean the worst and mainly Rory. It just it's one of those things where again, he made a ridiculously hard stance on everything that transpired. Players leaving, the format at Live, Live and how they got their money, he made his stance so strong. And when you draw that line in the sand, to me, if you go back to the other side, again straddling the line like I talked about, it makes you look really bad. So Rom leaves, and that's when all of a sudden this backpedaling, in my opinion, started. Now all of a sudden he's talking about, well, the European team might need to change their thoughts on on the Ryder Cup. Okay, so you're against Live Golf. That's fine. But when the best player in the world, arguably last year, leaves the PGA Tour, goes to Live Golf, now all of a sudden he's not eligible to play with the Ryder Cup and the European setup anymore. Now you want to change everything. Okay, I've talked about that on previous podcasts. But still, now there are these new comments that Rory had. He joined a show. I wish I knew the name of the show. I'll read you the quotes here in a second. About Liv and how it could be viewed as showing weakness in the PGA Tour. Yes, he's actually saying that Liv Golf could be showing some like cracks in the proverbial armor of the PGA Tour. Here is what Rory McIlroy said. Quote, I've gone through the last two years with this altruistic approach where I've looked at the world the way I wanted to see it. Ultimately, you can say what you want and do what you want, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to change people's minds. You're never going to make them decide based on what you say. Continuing, quote, I wouldn't say I've lost the fight against Liv, but I've just accepted the fact that this is part of our sport now, end quote. Okay, like that's fair, you know, but he's he's tried to make it very clear that he's not he's not for live, but he's now coming to grips with the fact that this, this entity is probably not going away. As much as he would want them to just kind of go by the wayside and maybe all those golfers come back, it's just not the way it looks like it's going to happen. Now, this is where, these were his comments about the PGA Tour. He says, Rory McIlroy, that is, quote, I think what Liv has done, it's exposed the flaws in the system of what golf has because we're all supposed to be independent contractors and we can pick and choose what tournaments we want to play. But I think what Liv and the Saudis have exposed is that you're asking for millions of dollars to sponsor these events and you're not able to guarantee to the sponsors that the PGA or the players are going to show up. 
I can't believe the PGA Tour has done so well for so long. End quote. So this is the thing with me. So Rory now is saying that Liv is sending these golfers all this money and they're going to play in these events. They're not, they're not going to be as many events. They're going to be smaller fields. Obviously there's a team aspect of their game. They, they have shotgun starts. They have music. It's different. It's, it's very, very different. But when he starts criticizing the PGA tour, after all of this stuff that he said about live and all the stuff that he said about how the PGA tour needs to remain strong it, this just does not jive well with me. I I cannot believe that Rory McIlroy is saying some of the things that he is based on the fact of how he's acted in prior interviews, media sessions, whatever the case may be. The backpedaling with Rory McIlroy is real. It is so real to the point that he also said, quote, I thought it was a smart business move from John. It's opportunistic. Think about what he is saying here, folks. He is saying that John Rahm was given a deal that he could not turn down. And he even went on to say, and I'm not going to quote him because I don't have the quote in front of me, that, look, not everyone is, is me and Tiger. Essentially, that we make enough money that we don't need that money. You know, reportedly, they offered Tiger upwards, upwards of a billion dollars to go to live. And he said, no, I don't, I don't need your money. I've got plenty of it. And he does. Rory's probably the same way when you talk about his Nike sponsorships, TaylorMade, all these companies that want to work with him and have him wear their gear and use their clubs, et cetera. Yeah, no, he's not that way. But for him to say all this stuff, again, there's fans out there that are saying, man, I got mad respect for Rory McIlroy. Mad respect. I am not one of those fans. I am the polar opposite of those fans. The backpedal is real with Rory McIlroy. Sure, you can change your mind. You're allowed to change your mind. Everyone is allowed to change their mind as different things happen. When you look at whether it's, I just learned new information, so therefore it's going to change my mind. That's fine. But here's something that I've learned in my life. And this is not just with golf. This is not just with business. This is in life in general. I used to take unbelievably hard stances when it came to anything. I'll give you an example that is not nearly as impactful for Rory McIlroy to the PGA Tour, but will help illustrate my point. When I started dating my wife, when we were boyfriend-girlfriend, she loved the Dave Matthews Band. Okay? She loved him. She loved everything about it. She saw him in concert. She saw him solo with Tim Reynolds. She saw him with the Dave Matthews Band. She saw it all. She saw it all. And then I'm looking at Dave Matthews, and I just didn't like a lot of his fans I found them annoying. They would call him Dave, like, oh, Dave put out a new CD, Dave album, blah, blah, blah. So it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I wasn't crazy about the music. So I made this really hard stance early on in our relationship that I hate Dave Matthews. I hate the Dave Matthews band. I hate him solo, hate him with Tim Reynolds. Everything about this guy, hate it. Studio, live, doesn't matter. Can't stand him. Made my stance very clear. That line in the sand was drawn. So what happens down the road? So my wife isn't going to abandon her favorite group just because she met me and because we love one another and become married, she continued to listen. I heard more and more of his music. Guess what started to happen? I started to enjoy his music. So then my wife hears me listening to the Dave Matthews Band on my own, and she says, well, wait a second. I thought you hated this guy. I thought you hated the fan base. I thought you hated everything about him. And I had to go back. I had to backpedal. 
had to pull Rory McIlroy and backpedal and say, well, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe he's not so bad. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. So that's just an example. Now in my life, I try to tread very carefully when it comes to being that type of person and having that type of stance on things. I like to be more open-minded. So let's take this back to the Rory McIlroy example. When Liv started, players started leaving. You're talking about Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, the Bubba Watsons, the, the first group when they left. They could people could have just said, and Rory could have been one that says, you know what? I, I'm not leaving. I'm supportive of the PGA tour. I agree with what we're doing here. Not a fan of what they're doing, but at the same time, that is that's them. Like they can they, they can do what they want to do. That's them. I'm gonna be here. I'm not going anywhere. That's the stance he could have taken. And instead, he badmouthed the players. He badmouthed them for taking the money. He badmouthed everything about that move. And now, what is what's happening? He's having a Dave Matthews moment that I had later in life when I realized that, hey, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe because the PIF could be funneling a lot of money into the PGA Tour, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe this could equate to giving players the money necessary for them to actually show up and play more golf tournaments. Maybe this is going to equate into getting some of these golfers like Phil, like Dustin Johnson, like Cam Smith, all these players, get them back and playing some more events, getting world golf ranking points. Maybe this could actually be something that could help the game of golf and help the PGA tour. But now he has to go back on his word and he looks like a fool. He looks like a damn fool. That's exactly what he looks like. You know, John Rom, he looked like a fool based on the fact that he didn't see, he said, you know, I don't like three, three rounds is not enough. You know, shotgun starts. It's not the way I want to play golf. But other than that, he kind of didn't take that really hard stance that Rory did. So Rory McIlroy, the backpedal is real. And it just emphasizes to me why I'm not a fan of Rory McIlroy. All right. So I did talk about how really golf betting. I mentioned this at the beginning. Golf betting is tough. If you're just talking about winners, like you're just picking the winners of the tournament of champions. It's yeah, it's tough, but they have these specials. Now this is where you can kind of pick and choose which way you want to spend your money. So if you're going to bet on any type of, golf i always recommend going to the tournament special section so i'm using fanduel sportsbook right now I'm not sponsored by fanduel it's just what i used easy to navigate here's their golf special so to give you an example if you think jordan spieth and tom kim are both going to finish finish the meaning all four rounds including ties in the top 20 that's plus 165 and then obviously you could have a, a plus 1700 which is Xander Shoffley and Jordan Spieth both finish in the top five, including ties. So even if they tie for fifth, that still counts. That's tough. I get to, to say that Xander Shoffley and Jordan Spieth are both. Now, here's where I would go. I would go with, I do think Jordan Spieth is going to play well. I think that Tom Kim is going to play well, but I'm actually thinking of a different one here. I'm, I'm thinking about, you could do, Jordan Spieth and Tom Kim both to finish in the top 10, including ties at plus 750. That's not a bad bet. That's not a bad bet, but that's a top 10 finish. That's tough. So I'm going to say that let's, I want that top 20. So let's go Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, and Tom Kim 
all to finish in the top 20, including ties as plus 320. Not huge odds, but you definitely can do this. These type of bets, I'll be providing these more as the season goes on in case you're someone that wants to dabble in gambling on golf because golf gambling, if you're looking at, okay, I just want to pick the overall winner. Well, you have Scotty Scheffler plus 550, Victor Hovland plus 1,000. It's really difficult to just pick the winner. It's really difficult to just pick the winner. So utilize these tournament specials that different books like DraftKings, FanDuel, they all do because it can be a great way for you to leverage your bets. If you want to do some parlays, you can. Uh, There are individual golfer parlays where you could say, you know, Jordan Spieth and Tom Kim both to finish in the top 20s plus 165. Then you could go down into round leaders. So you could say, well, first round leader is Scotty Scheffler. That's plus 1,200. There's a lot of different ways that you can maneuver yourselves in the sports gambling world uh, to check these out. When we get closer to the majors, I'll be providing more details, but I'm going to go with that. Uh, the bet that I just talked about with Jordan Spieth and Tom Kim to finish. Uh, let me get you that exact number here. Duh, Jordan Spieth and Tom Kim finished in the top 20. That was uh, including ties. I think that was plus 165. So we'll see how that plays out, and I'll update you next week. Okay, that does it for me on this episode of Fairways and Dreams. I'm hoping to have a guest on next week. We'll have our regular Tuesday-Thursday format for you, so make sure you check those out. I hope you enjoyed the holidays. In the meantime, you know we finish out all these solo shows, or at least I do. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Hit them straight. We'll see you next time on another episode of Fairways and Dreams.